Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration. Music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, the Voice of Prophecy speaker. Somebody's knocking at your door. Yes, Lord. Somebody's knocking at your door. Yes, Lord. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Knocks like Jesus. Somebody's knocking at your door. Knocks like Jesus. Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Can't you hear him? Somebody's knocking at your door. Can't you hear him? Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Answer, Jesus. Somebody's knocking at your door. Answer, Jesus. Somebody's knocking at your door. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Yes, Lord. Somebody's knocking at your door. Yes, Lord. Oh, sinner, why don't you answer? Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your door. Somebody's knocking at your Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for the gentle knock of our friend at the door of the heart. We pray Thee that everyone today may open the door, that Jesus may come in. Bless this broadcast to thousands who listen. In Christ's name we ask it. There is a place of quiet rest to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest, near to the heart 
Jesus, blessed Redeemer, sent from the heart of God. Hold us who bow before thee. Near to the heart of God. King's Heralds now look ahead with joy to a day in the not-too-distant future when I shall see the King. I shall see the King where the angels sing. I shall see the King someday in the better land on the golden strand and with Him shall ever stay in His glory I shall see the King, and forever endless praises sing. T'was on Calvary Jesus died for me. I shall 
shall see the king some day. I shall see the king all my tributes bring and shall look upon his face. Then my song shall be how he ransomed me and has kept me by his grace. In his glory I shall see the King and forever endless praises sing. T'was on Calvary Jesus died for me. I shall see the King someday. Here now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker, as he tells of space travel coming. From the latest copies of science fiction, from the sober discussions in laboratories and wind tunnels, from news reports, and just plain talk at the dinner table. It's very evident that space travel is in the air. Jules Verne started its modern vogue with his imaginary rocket trip to the moon. H.G. Wells helped it along with his fantastic stories. And now the astounding accomplishments of modern science leave the average person with the idea that anything can happen. We fly to New York, to London, to Sydney, to Singapore. Why not fly to the moon? Yes, to Venus, to Mars, to Neptune, anywhere. Yes, indeed. Space travel is in the very air we breathe. But will it reach other worlds where there is no air to breathe? This, of course, is a matter of opinion. But that there will be space travel sometime soon, many of us haven't the least doubt. It will, however, be space travel entirely different from that envisioned by the fiction writers or contemplated by the rocket engineers. Dr. Lee DeForest, one of the world's most famous scientists, widely known as the father of electronics, disagrees with some of the space thinking of today. Dr. DeForest invented the vacuum tube over 50 years ago and made possible the development of modern radio broadcasting, television, and radar. His inventions have been of the most practical use. They have changed the whole face of things for us. Here's what he says about space travel. But I am much more conservative in my estimate of interspace flight. This year may become known as a year of the first man-made planet, the tiny artificial Earth satellite, but to place a man in a multistage rocket and project him into the controlling gravitational field of the moon where the passenger can make scientific observations, perhaps land alive and then return to the Earth, all that constitutes a wild dream worthy of Jules Verne. I am bold enough to say that such a man-made moon voyage will never occur, regardless of all further scientific advances. This is a strong statement by Dr. DeForest. Some scientists may not agree with him, and certainly the pseudoscientists will not. But after all, Dr. DeForest may be absolutely right. Between the planning of a trip to the moon and its accomplishment, there may be, as the old proverb says, many a slip twixt the cup and the lip. We know one thing, however, this earth is under quarantine. It's the only planet in all God's great universe where sin has blighted life, where death stalks the inhabitants. Surely the great creator will not permit the deadly virus of evil to infect the rest of his universe. Earth must be cleaned up before it becomes a worthy associate of God's many mansions. 
We read in Revelation 12, 12, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. They are indeed dwellers in the heavens, in our own island universe or star system, of which the Son with his family is a member. We are told that there are probably 40 billion other suns. If each of these star suns, or sun stars, whichever we wish to call them, should have only one inhabited planet, as we know ours does, we are face to face with an astounding proposition, 40 billion inhabited worlds. And this might be true. At least the scripture is clear that there are inhabitants of the heavens. Will God permit our war and conflict, our sorrow and heartbreak and sin to penetrate there? No, a thousand times no. Our planet is the dark planet, the silent planet. And not until it is made new will it ring again with the harmony of the spheres. Dr. DeForest may be right in his opinion that men will not even reach the moon, which, of course, belongs to the earth and is, as far as we know, uninhabited. Or he may be wrong. But there is one thing sure. Space flight will be accomplished in due time. It will occur when the great controversy between good and evil is concluded. For it is plainly written in Holy Scripture that the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. First Thessalonians 4.16 This space travel will be supernatural. It will not be something that man has achieved. We will not push ourselves into this journey by any rocket power. It will be accomplished by divine energy. Only believers in the Lord Jesus will take part in it. It will occur in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. 1 Corinthians 15.52 It's interesting to note that this promise, in a moment, in the Greek is in atomo, in an atom. Instantly, the change will come. Jesus himself said, I will come again. John 14, 3. His return is predicted in the Old Testament as well as the New. Enoch the seventh from Adam prophesied, Behold, the Lord cometh. Jude 14. Job spoke of it. Job the 19th chapter. A thousand years before Christ was born, the psalmist said, Our God shall come and shall not keep silence. Psalm 50, verse 3. 700 years before the first coming of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah, looking into the future, described the second coming of Christ to destroy the wicked, to save his people. Listen to his words. He will swallow up death in victory. Isaiah 25, 8. This is exactly in harmony with the words of St. Paul in 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. In his late book entitled The Second Coming of Christ, Dr. L. Burkhoff reminds us that the appearing of Christ in space will be personal. For the Apostle Paul declares, The Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16. The coming of Christ will be physical. 
For the angels on the Mount of Olives declared at his ascension, This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. Acts 1.11 There's no secret rapture about the second coming of the Lord. His coming is personal, physical, visible. Every eye shall see him. Revelation 1.7 The great majority of Christians today reject the doctrine of the secret rapture and speak of it as a modern invention without scriptural basis, which it most certainly is. According to the Apostle Paul, when the Lord comes to take the believers on their glorious space journey, he comes with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God. 1 Thessalonians 4.16 The coming of our Lord, the return of his people with him to glory, will be the greatest space journey of all history. Christ's coming will be sudden, unexpected, for no man knows the day nor the hour. Matthew twenty four thirty six. In every great time of trouble in the world, the blessed hope of the coming of Christ has encouraged believers. Dr. Martin Luther preached a sermon of comfort about the second coming of the Lord in 1536. He predicted terrible things would happen in Germany. He spoke of the development of anti-Christianity, of its coming to pass in his own country and other lands. He urged true believers in those days to hold fast their faith in Christ's appearing. Lord Shaftesbury, the great Britisher, bore his testimony to this hope. He said, I delight in the belief of the personal reign of our Lord on earth. There is no remedy for all this mass of misery but his return. Belief in the second coming has been the moving principle of my life. I have not spent one conscious hour during the past 40 years without being influenced by the hope of our Lord's return. That's Lord Shaftesbury. In an address on the second coming of Christ entitled, What Would Happen If Christ Came?, given at a Welch Baptist church in London by Lloyd George when he was prime minister, we find these words, Well, if he came, he would not live long. The world is still bleeding from the wounds of the most terrible war ever waged in the history of mankind. It's almost on the point of starvation as a result of the devastation. He would see them. What? Shaking hands in penitence? Living along the lines of fraternity? Not at all. Engaged with all their might in perfecting weapons more destructive, more terrible, more shattering than invented before. And that among Mohammedans, Buddhists, Confucianists, no, among the Christian nations of the world, so-called. And we might add that another great war has intervened since Lord George said those words. The fear of man, the invention of fantastic weapons, even the invasion of space by man with his death-dealing explosives is our daily news fare. We should remember the words of Holy Scripture, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth hath he given to the children of men. Psalm 115.16 The real space travel coming is the journey of the people of God with the Lord Jesus to the holy city that where he is, there they may be also. John 14.3 Such a doctrine may be unpopular right now but it's true just the same. Matthew 24.33 Remember, friends, our Savior was condemned and crucified because of his Advent testimony. It was what Jesus said about this coming space travel that caused his final condemnation and crucifixion. 
To find the proof for that, read Matthew 26, 63 to 65. The high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God that thou tellest whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, that is, it is true. Nevertheless I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He hath spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? There you have it. It was space travel by Christ in the clouds of heaven that caused his condemnation. Man wants to make journeys into space himself, but unregenerate men have in many ways shown their hatred and rejection of the idea and doctrine of the great space journey of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, his second coming is the consummation of redemption. On the cross, our Savior paid the price of the atoning sacrifice. He is now ministering in the heavenly sanctuary, completing his atoning work for us there, making his sacrifice available in his intercession as our high priest. But when he comes as King of kings and Lord of lords, he begins his reign of glory. This, then, is the salvation ready to be revealed in the last time, of which the Apostle Paul speaks, and the Apostle Peter also in 1 Peter 1.5. Do we love his appearing? It is written, It is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. And unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Hebrews 9.27. Are you looking? longing for his return. By God's grace, we may all be ready for him and be hoping and looking and praying for his return. It is then that we shall see him whom, having not seen, we love. 1 Peter 1.8 Face to face with Christ, my Savior. Face to face, what will it be? When with rapture I behold him, Jesus Christ who died for me, only faintly now I see him with the darkening veil between. But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. Face to face with Christ my Savior what will it be when with rapture I behold him Jesus Christ who died for me face to face shall I behold him far beyond the starry sky face to in all his glory I shall see him by and by Only faintly now I see him with the darkening veil between But a blessed day is come shall be seen face 
sky. Face to face in all his glory, I shall see him by and by. This is Orville Iverson with this closing thought. Jesus wants to be our very best friend, so then let us look to him, ever going forward in faith. And now, here is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Radio friends, we hope you've enjoyed the program today. And we would like to have you do one thing to cooperate with our broadcast. If you enjoy it, will you kindly tell at least one other friend about it? Encourage them to listen. Call them up. Remind them of it or write them a note. We would appreciate it very much indeed. Have faith in God, maker of man and star. Have faith in God. From him all things which are. Have faith in God. For here and worlds afar, have faith, dear friend, in God. We trust this broadcast has brought blessing to you. And we invite you to join us again next week for another broadcast brought to you by the voice of prophecy. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. Oh.